podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is supported by SafeBand. SafeBand is the indigo silicon wristband that lets people know that you, or a member of your family, has been vaccinated to protect them from COVID-19. And with every SafeBand that's ordered by you, or people like you, we donate one to a frontline key worker or vulnerable member of the community. Slowly, life will return to how it once was. Until then, we're determined to get things back to normal for those who've taken the first step. Find out more by clicking the link in the description or visiting safeband.me. Hello and welcome to the Whistleblowers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Smith. I'm here as ever with Martin Britton, who's making lots of noise. You're tapping away. What's going on, Martin? You think so? I'm just multitasking, mate. You know me. I'm just never, never off it. Just, you know. Just creating, just working hard, creating revenue streams, you know, diversifying my portfolio. <laughs> this is just what I'm all about. You're Gordon Gecko, but the one from uh, Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps. Not as good. Um, and also, as ever, Gareth Dobson, Dobbo. Hi, I just crave quiet and stillness. No, I know. That's why I like you. The yin to Martin's yang is <laughs> ideal. Um, it is International Week coming up, so uh, we're going to have to talk about that a bit. But I know people don't really... It's not that interesting, is it? People seem to switch off for that. So we'll stick more so with the, the weekend just gone. Um, and I, I mean, we've got to start with the FA Cup because there was no magic in the FA Cup this weekend, Grits. Um, okay, Leicester beat United, but that's not really a shock. And elsewhere, it all sort of went to uh, went to form, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, to be honest, we, we, we've said it about this, yeah, this, this tournament this year. It's it's nice for the early rounds, but it, it feels like it's more just a case of a procession, get it over and done with this year uh, while we're in lockdown. Because even the, even the magic of the cup, the ones we talked about earlier on, without fans, it's kind of you know, it yeah, really loses its edge. But there you and, go, and you lose that home advantage as well, right? If you're going away somewhere in the you know, fifth round or whatever, you're yeah. going to a non-league side or you're going to a League Two side. The whole point of it is that you've got these tight grounds and fans right on top of you and, and, and the pampered megastars, you know, they're not quite used to that. So you do you lose everything. The FA Cup is fans, isn't it, Gareth? Do you do you care that you're you were out quite early this season? Um only in the you know, the issue is for Spurs it's trophies or bust with Mourinho. But aside from that, no, um the FA Cup has definitely been a bit of a damp script, like you said, because the atmosphere, the excitement, you know, when, when Spurs went and played Marine, um, it, it felt like it was missing something. You, know, you felt very disappointed that they couldn't get a couple of thousand people in. I will say, though, that the way the semifinals have been set up, you know, and without getting too far ahead of ourselves, it has put up a nice pair of semifinal Definitely. Games, which could be quite well matched. So, And I do think when you get to the end game, when you get to the two Wembley semis in the final, you want to, you still want to see the best of the best or or teams that you fancy will, will do something. So, you yeah. know, trust the, trust the process. <laughs> yeah. Trust the process. Love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, if you look through the, the, the results there, so we had Bournemouth, Southampton, that went to form. And actually, I feel like that game, you know, Southampton really struggling in the Premier League. Bournemouth fighting for a playoff place in the championship but that game really underlined and emphasized just the gulf between those two sides really and the gulf between the divisions still because Southampton looked fantastic and they just haven't for so long now uh, yeah I know that you're uh, you're a big fan Gareth of Southampton did you see that game and if so what did you make of it I watched limited amounts I was really impressed with Redmond um yes Although it's frustrating because you want him to do that 
you know, two weeks out of three rather than one week out of four. But, and I, I think Hassan Hurtle was asked, you know, why didn't we see more of that? And he, you know, there was yeah. a little a wry shrug and a grin. And, you know, I, I think he'd love to know the answer to that. You know, Redmond's not a young player anymore. He's sort of slap bang in the middle of that career. But um, I agree. I agree what you're saying. It's, you know, Southampton have been hard on hard on their luck for the last couple months. But then you turn up and play a championship team, like you said, without those additional elements like the crowd and the atmosphere and yeah, the drama. Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty perfunctory, straightforward kind of game, which is not what you want in the quarterfinal. No, that's right. Uh, Redmond, I'm pleased you brought him up specifically because... I don't want to sound harsh here. I really don't, because I do like Redmond. But he he just strikes me as being the best championship player. If that makes sense. You know what yeah, I, mean? I mean? If he was in that division all the time, he would absolutely clean the floor with everyone. He's a fantastic footballer. It's just that that, that little extra 5% isn't quite there for him to do it regularly in the Premier League, is it? I, I maybe that's being too harsh. No, I agree. He's a bit of a flat-track bully, I think, is, uh, yes. is fair to say. Yeah, I can't really remember any games where it's like he's turned up and he's like he turned Liverpool inside out or, or, or whatever you always kind of see him having a game against Newcastle or or someone else and yeah maybe maybe that's his level like I said, he's an exceptional player but maybe he isn't you know quite at the very elite point of uh, of the Premier yeah. League do you know what? I think he I think he's the sort of player to kick on though I really do I think he I've seen him remember he scored a wonder goal at Palace um, was it last? It maybe only been last season. Two he's seasons. got, yeah, maybe two seasons. Crikey, he's got the ability to to do it and getting that sort of international recognition and and you know and certainly Southgate. He's the sort of player that you can see if he had a run of form, Southgate playing. You know, so um, yeah. I, I mean, we're being very careful. Like Sterling's going to miss for you know. Luckily, luckily, he's part of the Man City setup, so that's it's easy for him to go missing and for people to pick up the slack, but. Redmond, you do expect a little bit more of at Southampton, and they've really, they really needed him this year, and he's, he's, he's not, not been at his best. He might be one of those players that really suffers because without the crowds, you know, it's, it's difficult to tell. But, um, yeah. but yeah, he's definitely got the ability to go on. It's just whether he does. Yeah, I do really like him. Um, elsewhere, we had Everton, Man City, and Everton, to be fair to them, really put up a good fight. But Man City, you know, they just find a way. They just, they've got a million ways to kill you, and on on uh, <clears throat> Saturday night, they. They just bided, bided their time, bowed their time, they bid their time, and uh, you just got it done. It wasn't that pretty, but they got it done. Um, the game I really want to focus on, because Chelsea, Sheffield United went by the book, the game I want to focus on here is Leicester against Man United. First of all, Gareth, um, did you see this game? I did, I did indeed. Uh, that's maybe the best I've seen them this season. Is that is that over the top? Can I say that? Given especially the, you know, the missing key players still... Uh, I thought they were, I thought they were unbelievable. They completely stepped up to a big knockout game, and I was really impressed. They they have had some big moments this season. They they absolutely ran through City earlier in the year, which was uh, an impressive game. But but that was when was, people weren't settled. Then but it, the season was mad, and you couldn't. It, it didn't seem real at that point. This is why I think this one's more impressive. Do you know what I mean? It was it was when Villa had just beaten Liverpool seven two, or maybe it was just before. <laughs> but it was yeah, a crazy part of the season. Point. It was a dream. Yes, it, and you know we are you know the old cliche of being in the business end is very true. You know what the the league looks like now is a much better representation probably of of these teams and and where they're at. But it it, it was superb by Leicester, and it you know when you give praise to to one side, I think you you always end up sort of you know mentioning to the detriment of the other. I don't think 
Manchester United were particularly great, but you know, it's hard to say whether Manchester United would have been that poor against anyone or whether it was just because Leicester played so well and was so incisive and you know, it always felt they they were always in control as well. You know, he and Nacho is now the form striker in the premiership, which is an incredible kind of turnaround from the last few yeah. years where, you know, his form only ever seemed to last one or two games and now he's you know, he's have the run of a couple of months now where you know, he's he looks absolutely brilliant. You know, he looks like the complete package, which is mm. you know, why Leicester obviously paid twenty five million for him a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And you know, we've mentioned this a few times, and we should probably do it every week. But Leicester are still playing. You know, with with half a hand tied behind the back. You know, Madison and uh, Barnes um, as well. Yeah, and Justin. Barnes being two players, and Justin, and you know, they the players they've brought in are, are reliable, but you know, not world beaters and you know their playing is a, a fantastic unit it was it was exciting to see i with leicester it feels like yeah you know, if they can come away with an fa cup you know I, there's something in my in my bones that feels that they could be the team to beat man city in this competition i don't know why it just feels yeah. like it, it's possible um yeah why not and now in a semi-final you don't have to choose between Oh, do we go for fourth or do we go for a cup? It's like you can go for both now. Yeah, you're two games away from yeah. yes. the FA Cup, and you've got you know seven, eight games left in the league. So you just go all in at this point. So it's going to be fascinating to see what they can achieve this year. Yeah, uh, Martin, there's going to be a lot of needle in that game with Southampton for Leicester, of course. One of two teams that we're going to play them that have beaten them 9-0 in recent memory. Um, but Southampton players are going to really want to do something about that, aren't they? You know, on the biggest stage at Wembley Stadium, everybody watching that one. It's not about avoiding a repeat of the 9-0. It's about getting one over, isn't it? Yeah, it's the one-off match, isn't it? It's the, the opportunity. It, you would think that the interesting thing is the two managers, I think, are the two of the shrewdest managers in the Premier League and do the best with what they've got. Um, and I know uh, saying that, you know, Leicester <laughs> probably got a lot more resources um, than Southampton, but certainly in terms of some of the players that can really perform on the day and, and match winners, I think I think Southampton have got plenty on their side, you know, Ward-Prowse, Ings, if they can, yeah, if yeah, they can yeah. get those guys firing. You know, we talked about Redmond already, but they've, just, they've got a few wild cards. Um, and and I fully, I'd love to see Leicester win the FA Cup because that's just an incredible. That just that just cap off, you know, the the way that they're playing, you know, under under Rogers. I think yeah. the the golf between them and United was a managerial thing as much as anything. I know Ian Acho has is scored nine and nine. It's incredible, but at the same time, um, I think that you know Rogers just. I would have more faith in Rogers being able to work out how to attack a Man City side than, than Man United. And I know that's that's crazy considering how well Man United played against them this year. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be really interested to see. Uh, I, I fully expect Leicester to win that game, but but it's such a great opportunity for Southampton. Yeah, um, I'm going to be negative for a moment here. Not about Leicester, uh, but about their opponents on Sunday. Uh, I thought Manchester United were, were worse than how you described them, Gareth. Um and there's a few things I couldn't really understand. Like we've been very positive about Solskjaer, I think, generally on this show. A lot of shows have gone after him, you know, knives out, taking him to town every week. They've been a bit quieter recently because they've been doing well. But generally speaking, there's been a lot of negativity around him. But we've been quite positive here. But the the team selection I found strange from him. Uh, to not play Bruno Fernandes in uh, you know a knockout game when you've got an international break around the corner for him to you know maybe rest a little bit. 
to not play him when you played him for 45 minutes in a game where they were falling up from the first leg against Sociedad just seems absolutely crazy, particularly when Marcus Rashford's out of the team as well, your other main creator. I couldn't work that out. And I'd imagine that seeing that team sheet, Leicester must have been licking their lips looking forward to that one, don't you think? Yeah. Um, it, the the team selection obviously was a key issue. And like you said, there was no... I mean, if you're Solskjaer, do you not even consider leaving um, you know, Fernandes out of the squad in midweek? Um and just say, okay, well, the FA Cup's yours. We, we've got a four. Um, we've got we've got a long lead to hold um, in in Europa League. But I, it well, just... the four there was a, was like a month or so ago, right? So that's not exactly. Oh, actually, it was AC Milan. They 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 had yeah. But my point is that the forty five minutes that he he could have rested him then could have been saved for this. I know it doesn't work like that exactly. Of course, I understand that. But it just seems strange that you wouldn't play your key player in this knockout. Like you say, just go all out. This is yours. The FA Cup now, Bruno. Just go and. Go and put on a shift in this game. Because well, to bring him on with half an hour left was crazy. Yeah, he's exactly. definitely overplayed Fernandez throughout definitely. the season. And you can see why every time he's tried to rest him, he's had to bring him on because the game is usually you know, not going their yeah. way. And they had to bring him on to effect change. And But it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to you have to also accept that at some point, you know, players are redlining, as they like to say these days, and you can't always do it. And I, I wonder whether, you know, the, the medics or, or, or you know the, the staff just said he really can't start another game or he's really tired and you know, yeah so, so I was like I'll leave you on the bench and I'll gamble if I have to I mean maybe that was an enforced decision but then again the question is you know could you have saved some minutes elsewhere like you said with Sociedad last month um, yeah. I don't think they've, they've they've handled it correctly and I think you know, maybe it's too tempting you know, even when you rest you're like oh we're not willing bring Fernandez in you know, chuck we, him on we've got to do it chuck him on um and yeah, the same thing happened with Rashford. You know, last year, um, you know, I think United had a lot of fatigue injuries. Yes, uh, and I'm not sure that that you know Solskjaer as a prize. You know, Solskjaer blamed it on the team not being fit enough, and um, that uh, when he came in a year ago, and uh, you know, I wonder what his excuse is now. Yeah, it's a strange one. Uh, Grits, do you think though it'd be worth playing Bruno Fernandez even at seventy percent? just because of the gravity that he has on a game. You know, you stick him on the pitch and Leicester are going to double-team him and all of a sudden there's a bit of space elsewhere. Is it not just a case that those big players have got to play in those big games? Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Because almost all he's trying to... Squad management, it's like, well, this we're the business end now. It's, it's the seventh round. You'd absolutely rather run the pitch and just say to him, just take it easy. The problem is against Leicester, right. Leicester are all guns blazing. I think yes. you, could, you could essentially say to Fernandez, just just turn up in pockets, just play, you know, play within yourself. And then if you need to turn it up, turn it up. And I know that's very hard to do, but that's what they do. And a lot of European leagues play a lot slower. Do you know what I mean? If the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing. It's just the fact against Leicester, you know, you're going to be run ragged and you're going to have to work. And the problem is United have got is like, they're just so strung out of the back. There is the yeah. made. You think about that. They keep that game tight. And then you bring those guys on from That was probably all his plan. But yeah. you, you can't predict to keep it tight with Ian Atchew in that form and Vardy just running it in Maguire. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I, do, yeah. I, do, I think the sentiment's right, Mark. I would, I would, you play your stars, but you know, we, we have the luxury of hindsight in this in this instance. Cool. I think I think he looked at that and probably planned out these matches and said, well, Thursday night's Europa game, was, that was what I wanted. You know, and, and you look at the 
you look at his priorities and he's just he's just done a misread because the United fans would be livid that they went out. But, but, but you've got to have sympathy as well, though, because every week it's it's a new biggest game of the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, that, yeah. that Gareth, I'm sure Gareth's right. I'm sure there's something behind the scenes we don't know about. He, you know, he was told you, you mustn't start him. And the other issue is you can't tell someone like Bruno to play 70% because he's going to go full guns, especially when, yeah, like yeah. today, Leicester are pressing the arse out of you non-stop. Um, you mentioned mistakes there for the goals, though, because I think all three goals were pretty poor. But the first goal in particular from Fred, um, let's talk about Fred. I, I think that was one of the worst individual performances <laughs> at this level that I've that I've ever seen. I thought it was a nightmare. I, I've stuck up for him in the past because I think off the ball he's he's pretty good. You know, he he gets around the pitch, he presses well, he, he wins a lot of ball back, and he, he can play it simple. But on the ball, he will give you. He will give the ball away in bad positions at least once a game. If it's not once a game, it's near that, right? It's 0.9 <laughs> times or less, something mad like that. But if he's playing badly defensively, then it's it's it's, it's lights out for him. There's, he doesn't bring anything to the team. And even before the goal, we can we can park the goal for a minute and talk about other stuff that went wrong for him. But even before the goal, he got the ball away a couple of times. He looked awful. He just looked sloppy. He just looked like he's sloppy, but also, you know, when you see a, a defensive mid charging around the pitch. That's not a good sign, because that means he's out of position most of the time. <laughs> if he's putting in that many sprints, it means that he's just getting caught every single time. Now you compare that to Wilf and Didi, his opposite number. Cool, he was composed. He played it simple, played it long when he needed to. Everything about him was so measured. You know, everything was. Yeah. He was rationing out his sprints. He was winning the ball, but he just looked. Absolutely superb. We've talked about defensive mids on this show before. He's the one I would go for if I was Manchester United. But back to Fred. Awful stuff. Gareth, can you think of a worse individual performance than that? Um, Not one which didn't involve a player usually being hauled off after 45 minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's it's you know usually when a player is having such a stinker, you just kind of you know you cut your losses. But he's. He's an interesting player. You know, he's pushing 100 appearances, I think, for Manchester United. He's, he has Oli's... I don't know if he's got Solskjaer's trust or whether he just kind of fits gently in what he does. He's more mobile than Matic. He can do a half-okay job at screening. He can link up the play a little bit. And he's kind of very much a sort of, you'll, you know, that'll do pig of a player. Um, <laughs> it, because they, they, they seem to lack, you know, the 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 real specialist of those positions. I, to me, you know, Van der Beek is, should have replaced Fred at this point. You know, um, he in theory can do everything that Fred can do and, and uh, should be a lot better at a lot of them, but obviously that's just not worked out. And I, I think this is a lot, a lost season for, for, for poor Donny. but um, I, I am amazed that Fred keeps going and, and I'm also struggling to, you know, slightly filibustering. So I'm trying to think of a, an equally terrible performance. I, I can't really, not one that lasted. It was poor, long. wasn't it? It, it? it was, it was bad enough that you can't think of one that was as bad as that. I mean, that's, that's, he, he did get hooked. He got hooked on about the 88th minute. And I mean, sort of that's not a hook. Isn't it? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, that, that, that's a very respectable uh, hook. Oh, no, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like they made four changes in one in one go. He wasn't one of them. I think it was like, right, here's the spotlight. Fred, you are, you are definitely going off, pal. Just not, you, you can't hide for the other guys getting subbed off. It's on your own. Maybe not a hook. But it's definitely, <laughs> I definitely think it's a, it's, it's saying something. It's got to be saying something. <laughs> Has it? I don't know. Grits, what's, what's, what was your worst performance? Have you Mate, had a stinker listen, as bad as Fred? It could be perceived to have had stinkers as bad as Fred. <laughs> I 
Sturrock famously, he said, annoyingly, when I was at Plymouth, we had a reunion the other year, and he brought it up at the reunion. I was like, Jesus, yes. mate, you, after all the titles you've won, I was a bit part player. He brings it up, he goes, Gretz, remember that time I brought you on as a sub and then dragged you off as a sub? And I was like... <laughs> and, and he tried to make it out that it was because I... It was like time-wasting. He was like, oh, you were the furthest player away. I was like, come on. Mm. It's just a 15-minute on and offer and I was just like oh my god little cameo the, the indignity I've also had I'm, one of my first loans when I went out on loan to Yovo I still didn't really know my trade I was played scored a lot in lower league but I got loaned out to Yovo when they were in the conference and I don't think we played Morecambe away I got dragged at half time and I don't think I did one thing right I don't even think like the kickoff. I don't even think I did that right. It was like, you know, just <laughs> so. And I felt so like I was in the change rooms at half time, and you're just like, oh god, you just want the world to the, the ground to open up, and you're yeah. you're at Morecambe. You know, you got to drive back to fucking Plymouth, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> even though I was on loan at Yeovil, I was living in Plymouth still. So I was just like, oh, my god. So um, yeah, you're, those you're ones. Thousand years away. Well, the, th- the funny thing is, all I'm going to say is I'm delighted that Twitter wasn't around in those days or social media. I mean, there was message yeah. boards, uh, but they were generally the you know reserved for the real diehard fans or the geeks or someone that you could dismiss. Now you can't dismiss it now. And obviously, Fred's got pelters on social media, which is absolutely out of order. But the, the problem is the platform exists and it doesn't do anything about it. So, um, well, you're, I think you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to take pelters on social media. You, you're just not allowed to take stuff that is racial. That's that's the yeah. Difference. No, no, it, there's, there's never there's never an yeah. excuse for that. By the way. I don't think Fred's a bad player. This is this. I've not seen him ever be anywhere near as bad as he was on Sunday. It's just one of those things, one of those awful performances. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could have been taken off before the goal. Actually, I thought he was bad enough up to that first goal. Anyway, I'm right, sorry, we're running quickly, out of time. Oh, so go on, guys. I'll quickly drop in. Um, so most most of the time, you have these kind of you know people go, oh, terrible game. They think they think of a flashpoint. They think of Gerrard slipping against. Uh, 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 Newcastle or, or Chelsea, excuse that's for Denver Bath to go through. But so two, I kind of, you know, big ones, infamously, Jonathan Woodgate's um, debut from Real Madrid. Oh, yes, great yeah. show. Score, score an own goal, you know, pick up a couple of yellow cards and get sent off, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then one other one, uh, you know, for Manchester United as well, you know, the infamous Gary Neville, who played so badly in his last ever game, I think it was away to West Brom. West Brom, a five all. Gets uh, subbed <laughs> off. No, no, that was that was Ferguson's last ever game. Oh, was it? Okay. This was a little before. This was a fairly kind of nondescript, I think, January game. A fairly nondescript January league game. And uh, he just uh, basically subs himself off at half time and says, I'm done. I'm finished. I can't play anymore. <laughs> and that Brilliant. was his last game. It was last ever professional football match. Going out in glory. Beautiful. Uh, right. Let's take a. Um... Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk uh, about a couple of Premier League games and a very brief look ahead to the international break. See you in a minute. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. 
Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Right, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is the Whistleblowers. But you already knew that. You wouldn't have come in halfway through. It was madness. Um, we haven't mentioned, actually, the the Premier League at all yet. So we, we should definitely talk about that because West Ham Arsenal was one of the games of the season. Uh, Martin, I assume you saw this one, given your yeah. close connections with West Ham. Um, I mean, it was, it was a great game, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's great, but West Ham... It was great for the neutral, but it's it's you watch it and you're like, oh my, God, how did they throw that away? And you just see the state of their own goals. I feel felt for them because to get three 0 up against Arsenal, West Ham, you were like, oh my God, this is a real statement. And you know, Arsenal obviously hadn't got going at all, but um, yeah, a di- little tinged with disappointment. But in the end, either team could have won it. So to be honest, coming up with a point, I think Moyes was quite reflective on. On that one, but um, but yeah, some brilliant performances again. Lingard continues to impress. Um, Unbelievable, yeah, always yeah. against Arsenal. Yeah, well, this is it. And, and Antonio, Susek, um, those guys just a constant nuisance. I th- this West Ham team's not going away, so you know it was great to see them um, so emphatic yeah. in the first half. But yeah, <laughs> talk to me about this. Uh, and, and actually, with, with five minutes left, they were sort of hanging on a bit, weren't they? And exactly. they had to take the draw at that point. Um, my obsession with defensive midfielders continues. Um, Declan Rice, I think he's the best in the country. I think he's an unbelievable player. Um, everything he does is so assured. And you think, oh, this guy's good. This, look, at, look at this guy's wheelhouse. He can do this, he can do that. He's strong, he can pass, he can tackle. Then in the 83rd minute, you see him beating four men and sprinting 75 yards and getting a shot away. It's madness. Think, what, what is this creature? He, he, he plays at such a high tempo as well. This is the thing, he's like... He's always up for it. He's never. You never watch him and go, "Oh, he might have an off day today." He's always at it, and that's incredible. I mean, like I just, you, you know, those players are so rare and 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 so nice to see. That's exactly why a player like him can have the armband at his age. Yeah, why not? And his opposite number, Thomas Partey, another one who I think is is outstanding. And it seems strange to talk about defensive midfielders in, in a game where they've both conceded three, but. Um, yeah, Party versus Rice. I thought that was that was the highlight for me of the game. It wasn't really talked about too much, but uh, Thomas Party, Gareth, um, took a while to settle in. He's not hundred percent there yet, still, but I feel like he'll be an important player for Arsenal in the coming years. I agree. Uh, he he's been very unlucky that he's had a lot of a lot of little niggling injuries that have kept him out two three weeks time, and he's had a very good injury record until now. It's not like they brought a yeah, yeah. a prone player. Um, and if he can finish the season strong, I, I think you look to next year and he, he really can be uh, a core player for him. And he's the exact sort of player that I think Arteta likes and wants to build a team around. He, you know, he's quite tactically disciplined. He's dynamic. He's, he's a good footballer. You know, first you can take instructions and, and play a role. And that's, yeah. that's what Arteta wants from his team. He wants a very structured starting eleven. I think. Well, I mean, yeah, he played for Simeone for all those years. You, you, you don't play for that manager unless you can take instructions and, and carry them out, do you? Um, but yeah, I think generally a, a really good game that was for the neutral, as Grit says. Uh, Odegaard was fantastic. Uh, let's move on, though, to your team, Gareth. Um, Spurs away at Villa. Uh, Gareth Bale today, it's, uh, it's Tuesday today, Gareth Bale has said that he uh, the, the goal is to end up back at Real Madrid at the end of the season, um, mm. and that the, the the plan was to go to Spurs, get fit, 
get some game time, and then be fit for the Euros for Wales. Uh, what do you make of those comments? Is that is that a strange one, or is that just completely expected? It's uh, it's very honest. I, we've spoken about this before. You know, I think that was always the plan. He had he had a name which was to be fit going into the summer, and, and fair enough. You know, he's the captain of the national team, is their their icon. But you don't normally hear that come out at this point in the season that that feels like someone uh-huh. who's decided that you know project spurs rebirth has has finished you know, if he was starting every game and he was you know had 10 or 12 goals at this point he'd be talking about how he'd love to extend his stay and i think you know there is an option for another year and so forth and it sounds like he's he's retreating already and and you know why wouldn't he you know he, he finds some form he gets a, a little run in the team and suddenly he finds himself on the bench and i think the players who are sitting on the bench this sunday were essentially the scapegoated ones they're the ones that Mourinho had you know put to one side and said this is why you know we're not winning enough games you guys on the bench look i'm bringing in you know the b team I, i'm bringing in uh you know vinicius and so forth um so and I Rodon, think Bale, yeah and Rodon and and, and and at that point, I think Bale knows he hasn't got a future under Mourinho. Whether Mourinho is there in the summer, uh, we'll have to see. You know, I, I, I've said it before, I think the worst thing for Spurs would be to carry out the, the Mourinho experiment for another six months. But, you know, if he can push them close for a top four position um, after this win, it's still feasible. Then yeah, he's probably going to stick around. And They're, they're top um, of the form table in the Premier League, you know that, last five games. Which is... <laughs> really quite strange. I mean, they're top of the form table because they've played a lot they've of played no one. teams. Yeah. Yep, you've still got to beat them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But you also, if you're going to finish top four, you've got to beat a few more teams than the ones under the top ten. And Spurs played pretty well, actually, in the second half. After they, uh, you know, took took the goals, they looked really uh, strong and very competent. Um, it could have been very different, though. You know, Villa started pretty well and Spurs were quite rocky. And you could see the confidence wasn't there. So um, I I don't think this result tells us anything or it, or it should change our mind about anything. No, um, no, no I agree. Spurs' next game is Newcastle um, after the international break. And, you know, they'll win that and there'll be a lot of positive press saying this is a big month, April. You know, this is a month where Spurs have their cup final and they're pushing for the top four. But, you know, I can promise you now that when we get to May, we'll be talking about the fact that they failed to win the League Cup and the fact they're probably seven. <laughs> positive stuff. Uh, uh, Grits, uh, Villa have struggled without Jack Grealish. Um, still out with this uh, this injury. Didn't play against Spurs, obviously. Is there a is there a player, a single player, more important to their team than uh, Jack Grealish and Aston Villa? I'm trying to think. I, I don't uh, think. I don't think there is. I can't think of. What? Well, certainly not. If you're the one leading this conversation, Mark, then it's going to be Grealish because obviously that's your. Um, well, yeah. but I genuinely, I do. I mean, I know, I know you know what I think about Jack Grealish, yeah. but I, no, I, I, I look around. I look around the league, and I don't see. You know, for example, you say De Bruyne is a better player. Of course, he is. But you take him out, and Man City have got so no, much ability right. and quality that it's. Maybe Fernandez at United. I mean, no, but then, again, there is. This is the thing. I think Villa really are starved of. They've got players that are match winners once every five games that they play. You know, you've got Watkins, you've got a 
players like Algazi even and and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and guys that Probably, are yeah. great in bits and bobs, but um, but yeah, week in weekend performances. Um, that's that's hurt them. But fair play to Villa. I mean, they've been they've been of great value this season. So you know, just get get it across the line and then prepare for next season. Get Jackie G back. Let's have uh, some fireworks to end the season. Get him back. The only the only one I would say potentially uh, that would be the same is um, uh, Sam Maximan for for Newcastle. I do think that with him, they they have a chance against a lot of teams, and without him, they're basically sunk. Yeah, no, I think Zaha Zaha was, but I think they've added a little bit to their to their arsenal, and 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 they played games without well a lot of games without him. But yeah, Zaha was obviously the, the the immediate person. So the answer is no, Mark was right. So, um, let's very quickly talk about uh, Brighton Newcastle. We mentioned Newcastle there. Oh man, they are they are struggling. I know Fulham lost yeah. on, on Friday against Leeds, but Newcastle looked they just looked cooked. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've been speaking about the last couple of weeks. I thought that this is the two teams we discussed, and I thought Newcastle would be the one to survive and Brighton showed an absolute gulf. Uh, in preparation and attitudes and you know players like Trossard who like kind of come to the fore and and, and turned out I mean Welbeck was great as well uh, yeah. Newcastle just just looked a bit dead in the water and I don't know I mean they'd, they'd be but, so grateful of that full of result yeah definitely but like, like Gareth said I mean they're, they're missing key players uh, Wilson and Sam Maximum Sam Maximum in particular just what do you do they don't have the, the, the strength and depth okay look we've got five minutes left uh, we're going to have to um, respect the international break to some degree and talk about it um, I know you probably don't want to I don't want to but here we are England are playing San Marino they're playing Albania and they're playing Poland would this be a complete dereliction of duty from Gareth Southgate Gareth if Harry Kane plays more than five minutes against San Marino uh, pretty much. I think when you choose one of those games to field your strongest starting 11 in your head, um, and you kind of, you know, make sure that everyone's feels familiar and feels good about it. And then you have to spend the majority of time seeing what else you have, um, yes. you know, trying different, also trying different combinations, different formations. You know, what you want to see is for England to come out in the first game, playing a, a three, five, two, and then the next game of four, three, three, you want to see every, Variation, and I know that you know the ten days on the training pitches at St George's and and so forth is going to be equally as important. We're not going to see a lot of stuff. I, I think Southgate is one of those managers who likes to keep his cards close to his chest. Like when we um, in the World Cup, when they suddenly had this revolutionary set piece format. Um, you know, when we had the the, the Glen yeah, Huddle yeah, yeah. United love train, he wasn't going to pull that out ahead <laughs> of time. And I, I have to, I am quite excited. I think he's going to have a couple of interesting bits. Uh, going into the Euros, but you do want to see, you know, the, the big one's going to be Pickford, you know, is, should Pope be playing, you know, you kind of want to see other goalkeepers in there, even if we're playing yeah, yeah, yeah. mediocre teams, but because I think most of, you know, the, the defence at this point, uh, the defence, sorry, too much. The defence, go on the NFL, defense yeah. picks itself, I think Shaw should be in there over Chilwell, the centre-backs I think are, are, are largely in there, but um it's probably going to be a big one for Lingard. I think if Lingard can start a game and have an impactful performance, then he might find himself, frankly, back in a starting eleven come the summer. Um, yeah, yeah. Impressively, the 
all all these players who since the World Cup, whose careers kind of went on the way in a bit, people like John Stones and and Lingard have all roared back into form, you know, three summers later, and you might end up having a team that's incredibly close to the one that went and played um Yeah, that's a good point. Played in the World yeah. Apart and they've got that experience as well. And apart from Loftus-Cheek as well. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's hard to convince Harry Kane not to play against San Marino, though. He could break the goal record in that one. He could beat Rooney's record by the point, by the time full-time blows. Um, uh, Grits, let's finish off with Scotland. Your boys looking good. Um, I was looking at their squad the other day. There's some, actually, there's some really good players in there, including now... Uh, Shay Adams, he's yeah. uh, declared for Scotland, and we're big fans of him on the show. So you must be excited about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mick, Mick Shay Adams, yeah, absolutely delighted we brought him into the fold. Um, I, I, do you know what we were really struggling with support up top because McBurney was our kind of only option. Um, yeah. it's great to have a, a you know, and I like Shay Adams because I think he brings a, a lot to the. The, the team in the same way that some of the players you know when Wales have had the successes in Ireland and kind of slightly unfashionable Premier League strikers have turned out to be heroes and cult heroes for those countries so I hope he can do the same for us yeah you know what I actually think that Shea Adams isn't that far down the if he'd stayed declared for England I think he's not that far down the pecking order I think he's one of those players that you know, like a Bamford, if he has a really, really exceptional three or four months, he's getting mentioned. So I think it's a huge coup for uh, for Scotland. And I think, yeah. you, like, like you say, it's a big upgrade on McBurney. Uh, you've got Austria at home, Israel away, and Faroe Islands. Uh, at this point in qualifying, I, mean, I guess it was, it's all about points. Do, do you care about performances or is it just about grinding it out? Uh, well, unfortunately, it's about grinding out. But I really like Steve Clark. Um, and we've got players with that, you know, players like McGinn and players like... Um, you know, Tierney. It's just finding finding the right balance for those ones because obviously Robertson, uh, Tierney. I think Tierney is, is uh, the more the further he advances. I think, and I said it at the beginning of this season. You know, once he settled at Arsenal, he's got those bail like qualities uh, down the left hand side before Bale became a Galactico. You know, the just like. Uh, the, he's got that power pace, you know, that just, he goes past people with just almost yeah. sheer force of will. It's like, um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And, and I and I, I really like that. But, you know, Robertson's got such a sweet left peg. I just imagine him picking out, you know, McBurney and Adams. So, you know, it's, yeah. we've got, we, and we've got some other nice players across. McTominay as well. I yeah, really McTominay's like been, you know, I, I always like his energy. So we've got some, you know, really good players. And I'm, you know, I, I think you're looking up. Things looking up, major tournament, be delighted Lovely to see stuff. us there. And I'll be, I'll nine, be points, uh, nine points for Scotland and England, ideally, in the next few days. I, take, that, take that gratefully. Right, that's all we've got time for. Thank you, Gareth Dobson. Thank you, Martin Gritton, for both being here today. Thank you guys at home for listening. This has been The Whistleblowers. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.